Welcome to Wannabe Clutter Free, formerly Wannabe Minimalist, the podcast for busy families who are tired of the chaos, fed up with being overwhelmed, and ready to enjoy life again. Each week, we talk about how to let go of the clutter so that you can focus on the things that actually matter. And it's not just physical clutter. We talk about the mental and emotional stuff too, because if it's holding you back, it's time to ditch it. I share what I've done in my own life to declutter, organize, and calm the chaos, but you won't just hear it from me. There are amazing guests too. It's practical, doable, and simple for those of us that want to be clutter-free. You're listening to Wanna Be Minimalist with Deanna Gates, episode number 152. On today's episode, I'm talking about how to declutter from the positive side of the coin. So we often look at decluttering from the perspective of what we need to get rid of, and today I am flipping that on its head. Instead of subtracting, we are looking at adding. If you hate traditional decluttering, well then you won't want to miss this episode. Well, hey there, my wannabe minimalist friend. How are you doing today? It has been an absolutely gorgeous week in Southern California where I live. The sun is out and it is just so energizing. I honestly finally feel like I've come up from underwater and I can breathe again. I know the weather has been crazy all over and April was just kind of a crazy month for me. Actually, this last week I ran across a reel on Instagram from the Holderness family. I'm sure you have seen them. They are hilarious. And if you haven't checked them out on Instagram, they're great. But they had this post about how busy May is. And it makes sense. It's the end of the year for school. So there are so many activities wrapping up. Our school was no exception. And summer is around the corner. So there's so many things to plan. You've got summer camps and vacations. And like I was just saying, that was actually my April. And so as of today, we finally got our summer camp sorted out. That was kind of a crazy thing last week. And so I actually get to breathe a sigh of relief. Softball's wrapped up, the musical our daughter was in wrapped up this week. We had family in town and it all kind of this week is quiet. And so I finally am just like, oh, okay, I'm having a moment. But if your May is crazy busy though, well, just hang in there. It will get better. Take a deep breath, get through it one day at a time. And I'm feeling that relief now that I know you will feel at the end of May um, if you have kind of that crazy May time. But hopefully you will at least get to celebrate the wonderful person that you are this weekend because Mother's Day is coming up on Sunday in the U.S. And so please let me wish you a happy early Mother's Day. I hope that it is a relaxing and stress-free, wonderful day for you. But today I want to chat about flipping decluttering on its head. I know so many people hear the word decluttering and they just shut down. Basically, they clam up, they get overwhelmed, they don't want to do it. It has negative connotation. They get sweaty palms. They just, the heart palpitations, you start to get short of breath. And it just, the idea just stresses you out. Yeah. Okay. I get that. So instead, I want us to look at our stuff through a different lens. We're going to be talking about starting with a clean slate and then adding instead of starting with a cluttered mess and subtracting. Does that make sense? I hope so. And I hope you're excited about it because I actually really like this. I use lots of different decluttering approaches in my house, and I'll talk about that in a minute. But I really hope that you're excited about this idea of looking at it in a different way. But before we dive in, I do want to take this opportunity to thank you for listening to the show. If you are new here, well then, welcome to the show, and I hope you like what you hear and you come back. And if you're returning, I hope you know how much I appreciate you. I create this show for all of you listening, and so I do my best to make it helpful, educational, or inspiring. 
So if you like this topic or any of the other episodes that I've done, can you please do me a quick favor and leave me a rating or a review? You can do it right now on the app you're using to listen to this episode. And if you're actually listening on Apple, you can even leave me a review. And that is what Kevin89754 did this week. And here is what they said, quote, useful and informative. I love all the topics shared on this pod. Also the non-judgmental approach from Deanna, end quote, short and sweet. Kevin, thank you for the kind review. And I am so happy that you find the topics helpful. I also appreciate you taking the time to let me know. It really does put a smile on my face. I like that I'm coming through and hopefully uh, you feel like you're getting the real me because I try to put the real me out there. And for you listening to this, you can do that too. Just head to the review section in your app and leave me a rating. And then one final thing before we get into our topic for today, if you would like the show notes for this episode, along with a transcript, I'm going to be trying something new. You can find it all on my website at wannabeclutterfree.com slash 152. Again, that's wannabeclutterfree.com forward slash the number 152. All right, now that we've gotten all that housekeeping out of the way, let's look at decluttering from a positive perspective. So like I said, decluttering can be very overwhelming for many, many people. We don't like the idea of getting rid of our stuff. And so it just is one of those things that a lot of people avoid. And so you're here probably because you've struggled in the past and that is okay. I had too. And so I've tried a lot of different approaches and this is one that works really well all the time. I don't use this in every single spot in our house, but I do sometimes when I'm struggling to let go of stuff, I like to go with this approach. Decluttering does not have to be as difficult as and complicated as we sometimes make it out to be. I think Sometimes we think it needs to be this whole house approach. It needs to be this giant big day, this big thing that we're doing. And so we can put it off, right? We can avoid it because we just don't want to have to deal with all the emotions that come along with decluttering. But instead of thinking about decluttering as taking away, I want you to approach decluttering with this positive mindset. So it's going to help you transform the process into hopefully a more enjoyable experience. I am definitely not going to say it's going to be easy. But I do find that it can be better than the traditional approach if you've tried decluttering in the past and it hasn't worked for you. And sometimes the more a traditional approach works. But if you've struggled, this positive and clean slate approach can leave you feeling more empowered and in control of your space and your home and the items that you are choosing to keep. And there are five steps that I'm going to walk you through today. The first step to decluttering with a positive mindset is to shift your perspective. So instead of focusing on what you're getting rid of, you're going to focus on what you want to keep. I've already said that a couple times, but let's dive into what that actually means. Because this mindset shift can make all the difference in the world. So it's about creating a space that brings you joy and positivity rather than one that simply looks organized and clean. I mean, after all, isn't that what we're really after? I mean, yes, of course we want our homes to look nice, but really it comes down to how they feel and how they make us feel and what they allow us to do in them. They're a tool, right? Stuff is a tool. Our homes are a tool. And so in order for us to be able to live the life we really want to live, it's more about that. It's less than everything matches and everything looks amazing and it's insta-worthy and we're going to post pictures for everyone to see, right? That's not necessarily what we're after. We're after the place where we feel our most authentic selves. We feel rejuvenated and revitalized and we want a place to feel cozy and comforted on those days where we need a little bit more of that. 
All right, so when we focus on what we want to keep, we can actually begin to identify the things in our life that truly matter to us. It allows us to be intentional about the items that we choose to keep in our homes and that we choose to keep in our lives. It also allows us to release the items that no longer serve us without guilt and without shame because, again, things are things, they don't have feelings, and if we're not using them, they're not helping us, then we can let go of them. But I know sometimes that is easier said than done, and that's why we go from this approach. So by focusing on what we want to keep, we can also identify the areas in our home that bring us the most joy. These are just going to be some examples. You're going to have different places depending on what you like to do, what your hobbies are, what lights you up, what life stage you're in right now. I've talked about that before on this show. Like if you have newborn babies, your life is going to be a lot different than if you have teenagers in the house, right? You, The things you need and the activities that happen and what goes on in your home is very different. So these different areas in your life are going to change and they're going to depend on where you are and what you like. Maybe you want a cozy reading nook. Maybe you want a space to practice yoga. Maybe you want a corner for crafting. Maybe you need a place for the kids to do homework that's in a more centralized area because you have to oversee what they're working on. Maybe you want a central computer so you can watch what your family's doing on the computer. Maybe you want a nice space for everybody to cuddle up on on the couch because you guys have family movie nights and that's really important for you. Again, this really is going to be determined by what you really want, what your life is going to be like, what you envision for your dream life. We'll get there in a second. (laughs) But by identifying these areas, we can create that space that truly reflects who we are and what we love. So with this first step, I want you to think about that life. I want you to think about the life that you want to be living. There is a reason you are listening to this show. You want something to change. What is it? What is it that you want to change? What are the things you want to be doing that you're not doing now? I want you to think about your regular everyday life. Are there Things that you would, you'd like to be doing every day. Maybe you'd like to start a regular meditation practice. Maybe you are into devotionals and you'd like to spend time every day doing a devotional, but you just can't carve out the time because you're so busy cleaning the house. Well, what are the things that you want to be doing that we can put more front and center in your life? And then once we kind of have what we want to do for our everyday life, what are some of the things you want to achieve in the short term? What about the long term? What kind of person do you want to be in the future? How do you see yourself in the next year? Are there things you see yourself doing differently or that you would want to do differently in the next year? If you could look at yourself one year from now and look back, what kind of person do you want to be? What are the things you want to do on a regular basis? And then how about five years? What kind of person do you want to be in five years? What kind of things do you want to be doing in five years? If you could dream up the life and say, in five years' time, I'm going to be da-da-da-da-da-da-da, what are those things, right? And this is going to be different for everybody. So you just have to think about what means the most to you, what really speaks to you, and then just take a moment to envision it, okay? Now, I want you to think about the kind of home environment that is going to support that life you are dreaming of. Most likely, it's not filled if you think about your dream home it's not filled with piles of stuff. And I know that because you're listening to the show. This is what people tell me all the time. Of course, their home isn't filled with clutter and piles of paper and the things like that. 
But what does it look like? Close your eyes, envision it. Try to think of that space. What would the person that you're dreaming of want and need in their home? How does that space feel? And like I said, really take some time with this. I know this is kind of an abstract concept and it can be a little difficult because it's just a little different. It is really critical, though, that you try to be able to visualize this future. It's going to make the next four steps of this process so much easier. Okay? So, step number one think about what are the everyday things, everyday life things that you want to be doing? What is your everyday life like? Then, what are the things you want to achieve in a year, in five years? And how can your home environment support that life that you are dreaming of? Okay. So, that's step number one. Step number two is to take this idea and now start to bring it into reality. So we're going to pick one small area in your home to start with. I talk about this a lot on this podcast because so many of my listeners and clients tell me that they are overwhelmed with their homes. And the idea of decluttering is just too much to take on, right? I totally get that. It's overwhelming. It's overstimulating to try to tackle an entire house or even an entire room all at once. And so that's why I recommend starting with one single space. Now, where you start is going to depend on your starting point. I would recommend starting with a place that's going to either make an impact on your everyday life, something that's going to make an impact. I really like entryways for this or closets for this. But if that feels overwhelming, then start with the easiest place. There's no right or wrong answer here. You get to start wherever you want. Pick your own adventure, right? So start with maybe the easiest place for you to declutter. That might be a really good uh, starting point for you. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book, Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. Hello, you sentient ball of stardust. My name is Casey Davis. I'm a therapist and I'm an author of the book, How to Keep House While Drowning, where I talk about ways to make it a little bit easier to take care of yourself when you're overwhelmed, stressed, have mental health issues, physical health issues, or maybe you're just in a hard season of life. Maybe you're looking for a place that you can come and listen to some practical advice. This is a podcast for all of the self-help rejects. We're going to talk about skills for survival and self-kindness. And I'm going to leave the pop psychology at the door. I promise not to tell you to meditate or to journal. We're just going to give you some really insightful conversations with hopefully some practical advice. So I don't believe you need to pick yourself up by the bootstraps. I don't want you to just try harder. And I don't believe that laziness exists. 
So join me over on Struggle Care, where we can find compassionate solutions that help us function a little bit better. But then it's going to be very small, right? This is not an entire room. This isn't your whole house. We're going to start really small. So focus on a drawer or a shelf. Or if you have a little more bandwidth, maybe you can start in a closet or a small area like an entry wall or a bookshelf. The key is to not bite off more than you can chew in a short decluttering sprint. Now, I love setting my timer for 15 minutes and working in short, concentrated bursts. If you've listened to this show, you've heard me talk about 15 minutes a lot because it's just an easy way to really, you can get a lot done in 15 minutes. Marathon decluttering sessions, they do not work. They are a thing of my past. They never really worked for me anyway. I would try to do, this is why I tell you not to do your whole house. It's because I've tried it before and it doesn't work. I find myself, if I try to do too much, I find myself starting in one area and then going somewhere else and then ending up somewhere else. And by the end, like by the time I'm worn out, my house is a complete disaster because I've got little bits of projects started everywhere, but nothing actually finished. So the consistent, steady approach is much, much better than a long day that ends with those half projects, right? Because I've been there, I've done that. Trust me, it doesn't work. So that is step number two. Pick your area, one small area that you're going to concentrate on. And then step number three is to kind of get into it. So the positive declutter process is a little bit different than the 15-minute declutter session that I normally do, that I would consider a typical declutter. So I've talked about that process on a previous episode. I will link to it in the show notes. So if you want to know what the 15-minute process is, you can click on that. I walk you through the whole thing. Again, probably five steps. Lots of my things are five steps. And so if you want to check out the differences, you can do that later. However, the approach we're talking about today, I'm going to call it the clean slate approach. The approach we're talking about today, I'm going to call it the clean slate approach. It's more like the process of moving. So if you've moved before, you're going to pack everything up. And I typically recommend a box for this process because it is just an easier way to kind of handle and corral your things. And this is probably more of a cardboard box. In the 15-minute process, I talk about a laundry basket, but you're probably going to be leaving things in this box. So I recommend starting with probably a cardboard box. Super simple. And then you're going to actually put things back based on your dream life goals from step number one. Okay, so instead of asking yourself, do I want to get rid of this thing, you're going to take all of your things and you're going to take them out of the space. That's why we're starting small. You're going to take them away from the space you are decluttering. So let's say we're starting on a bookshelf. You're going to take everything off the bookshelf and then think, who is the person I want to become and what kind of things would they put on this bookshelf? If I were that person today, if I were the organized person that I want to be, what would I have on this bookshelf as an organized person? And then you're going to pick up your things as you take them out of the box and you're going to look at them and say, does this fit that idea that I have? Does this fit that person I want to be? It doesn't sound like this would make much of a difference, but that one question is super empowering because as humans, we don't like to let go of things. It's just a matter of fact. We feel like we're missing out, and that is why it is so hard for some of us to declutter and donate. So when we can ask ourselves if the thing in our hand is going to help us live the life that we want, that we have already said we want, we've already said, this is my dream life, this is what I want to be doing, this is who I want to be, and if this thing is going to help me get there, 
well, then we can make a better decision and feel better about keeping it. So if the answer is yes, go ahead and put that thing back, give it a home. If it doesn't live on that shelf, you can go ahead and put it where it, where you think it actually should belong. But we can keep it on the shelf for now if you're kind of working through a lot of spaces, and then we can do a second pass and put things where they actually belong. But if the answer is no, then we're going to move on to step number four. So it's not an automatic declutter, but we are moving on to the next step. So the fourth step is to ask yourself if that thing that's in your hand that maybe isn't going to contribute to that dream life that you want, if it brings you joy. Because life is not all about utility. We need beauty. We need happiness. We need joy, too. And that's why there is this small intermediary step, right? This step is pretty simple. Most uh, decluttering is going to go straight from finding something that's not useful to popping it in that donation bin or trash and then getting it out of your house, right? And a lot of that 15-minute declutter session and typical decluttering talks about this. But we need room to be our individual and authentic selves. So if you have struggled with traditional decluttering, this step really is probably the one that's going to resonate with you the most. Because you might find that you have something that doesn't contribute to that life you want to be living, but it brings you immense joy. And that's okay. It's okay for us to have things that don't fit completely into one box or another. It's okay if things aren't black and white. It's not a 100% yes, 100% no. We need to give ourselves a little bit of wiggle room sometimes. Now, we have to be very careful and not let this happen to everything in that step. So we need to be disciplined. But if you are finding that you have something that brings you immense joy, then find a home for it. I want you to display it, use it, repurpose it. I talked about five things that we do with sentimental clutter in our home on Instagram this week. So if you want to get a peek into my house, check over there. Uh, you can see how I do, uh, how I deal with some things. There's five different ways. And so that's want to be clutter free on Instagram. And you can get a peek and see what we do. But I recommend that that's what that stuff does, right? You want to make sure you're actually using it. Now, like I said, you have to be disciplined. You cannot say yes to everything because that is what has gotten you into this mess right now that you are in. And so you have to definitely make sure that we're putting a limit on those special things. There's a reason you want to declutter. So try to pick the things that are truly special because after all, if everything is special, then that designation of special starts to get lost and then nothing's really special anymore. If you see 20 things they all kind of go together. If you see five things, they're all going to start to stand out, right? So please, please, please try to be diligent on this step. The step is here to give you that wiggle room. But again, don't go completely to the side of keeping everything because that's not what we're here for. So just a word of caution, but definitely let yourself have a little joy and fun. All right, so that's step number four. Step number five. Oh, actually, there's six steps today. Step number five is to box up the items you don't think fit your vision and don't bring you joy. So as you've gone through, you've pulled everything off the shelf. You've put back the things that do fit. You've gone through step number four. You found a few things that have that you're like, nope, these are my joy-inducing things. I love these things. Sure, they don't fit, but I would be really sad if I didn't have these in my life. Well, then the, the last part is to box up whatever's left. I'm not going to say that you have to declutter and donate this stuff right away. It's likely everything else in that box can go and you won't miss it. However, (laughs) 
If you are not quite ready to part with them, if you're not quite there, you're afraid you're going to get rid of something and you're going to regret it because maybe you're new to this process, well, I want you to put a date on the box and then tell yourself to donate it within one to six months. The long date range is here to kind of account for anyone who is new and is on this journey for the first time, second time. Maybe you, you've never really finished a full declutter process, and so you're a little hesitant to start this, right? Well, that's why we're giving ourselves a little more wiggle room. For myself, I'll only wait about a month to donate items. But if you're new and you haven't tried this approach before, you might prefer that longer waiting period just to be sure that you actually aren't going to use those things. Because sometimes we think, oh, I'm not going to need that. But our brain does this weird thing that as soon as we know something, as soon as we've seen it again, it's now in the front of our, it's in our forethought. It's in the front of our mind. And we're, it's like the thing that pops up in our head when we're looking for a solution. And it happens time and time again. Often you can find other ways to solve your problem, but you might find out that you actually needed something that you put in that box. So it's there for a little bit of time for you to go back and grab it if you need it. Okay. And then once that date approaches, if you really need to go ahead and look and to give one last pass to the things in that box. But again, realize that you have lived without them for a long while and you likely will not need them probably won't even miss them. So if you're brave enough, you can just declutter and donate it without even looking in the box. I'm still not that brave. I still look through the box, but I'm also very disciplined to not pull things out of the box. So you're going to have to decide which approach works better for you. And then the sixth and final step is to rinse and repeat. So once that first area is finished, go ahead and move on to the next space. Move to the next drawer, the next shelf, closet, or corner and then go through those steps again, and then continue to fill up your box, or if that box is already full, get a new one, and then just continue to do this around the house. You can do back-to-back sections or spaces if you have time and energy, or if you can just do one a day, one a week, that's fine. We're just trying to make steady progress. So fit this in where it works within your schedule. Don't burn yourself out. Definitely make sure you're taking your time and you're going through and being methodical. But I do think that this approach can be really helpful if you struggled to declutter an area in the past and you find it just continues to kind of attract clutter. If you can clear it off and then just put back the things only that you need, it really is an interesting approach. And it has worked for me really well in a few of those more challenging spaces in my home. And then as you move through your home, you're going to start to feel the shift happening. So instead of living with everything that you've ever had because it's how it's always been, right? I think that's often how, why decluttering is so hard. It's like, well, I've always had this thing and I don't know how I'm going to feel without it. Well, this way you get to start living with the things that you see your future self, that dream self needing and wanting. And so before you know it, you will become that future self and the process will get easier and you get to taste this life without actually having to get rid of everything. And so it once you can start to feel these positive changes, it's like that first domino. I talk about that a lot too. Kind of this first domino that tips and things just start to fall into place and it feels better and you get more motivation and you just start to be able to see how it all fits together and it makes it much easier to keep going. And so finally, I want you to celebrate that space that you're creating and the items that you're keeping. By focusing on what you want to keep, you can create that home that truly reflects 
who you are and what you love. Decluttering is not a one-size-fits-all endeavor. There are lots of different ways to go through our stuff and declutter and donate and, and alleviate some of that stress and really to achieve the end result that you are after. But I hope that talking you through this process of how to declutter with a clean slate and then the positive mindset of adding instead of subtracting can help transform the process from overwhelming to empowering for you. And by choosing to focus on what you want to keep, you can create that home that brings you joy and positivity. Remember, set your intention, start with a small area, and then celebrate those positive changes that you are making. And with that, I want to turn to you. How do you like to declutter? Have you tried this approach of starting with a clean slate and then adding things back in instead of taking away? Well, I would love to know if you've tried it or if you're wanting to try it and how it's worked. Come on over to the Wannabe Minimalist Family Group on Facebook and share with me. There will be a discussion thread for this episode, and I would love to chat with you in the comments. And as always, I will have links to the additional resources that I talked about and a transcript for this episode on my website at wannabeclutterfree.com slash 152. Again, that's wannabeclutterfree.com forward slash the number 152. And with that, I hope you have a fantastic day and that your May is not too crazy. I'll see you back here next week for a guest interview with Nicole and Kara from Hand Me Up. They have a brilliant approach for reducing our kids' clothing clutter. So if you have little ones, make sure you check it out. I'm Deanna Yates, and you've been listening to Wannabe Minimalist. I'll see you next week. Cheers. Hello, you sentient ball of stardust. My name is Casey Davis. I'm a therapist, and I'm an author of the book, How to Keep House While Drowning, where I talk about ways to make it a little bit easier to take care of yourself when you're overwhelmed, stressed, have mental health issues, physical health issues, or maybe you're just in a hard season of life. Maybe you're looking for a place that you can come and listen to some practical advice. This is a podcast for all of the self-help rejects. We're going to talk about skills for survival and self-kindness, and I'm going to leave the pop psychology at the door. I promise not to tell you to meditate or to journal. We're just going to give you some really insightful conversations with hopefully some practical advice. So I don't believe you need to pick yourself up by the bootstraps. I don't want you to just try harder, and I don't believe that laziness exists. So join me over on Struggle Care, where we can find compassionate solutions that help us function a little bit better.